Welcome to Locked on Flames. Coming up today, we will talk about what kind of Flames team we expect to show up for Game 1 against the Jets. Plus, the Seattle NHL franchise finally has a name, but can the Flames do any better at the latest expansion city than they have currently done in Vegas? And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. I'm Jess Belmosto alongside Sean Lavery. Sean, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well. A little slow day at Flames practice today, but uh, I think we have a lot of fun things to talk about. I was excited to hear the Seattle NHL franchise finally be named, but um, I'll have to offer my thoughts on that in the second segment here because in this first segment, you, you pose an interesting question. What is the team we are going to see in game one? Um, the reason I thought of this is because, you know, when you, when we start the NHL season, it always feels like there's a two-week period where everyone just kind of is getting used to being back again. And there's a yes. bunch of 5-4 games. And, like, it's not that they're bad at hockey or they're playing bad hockey. It's just that they're a little sloppy, right? Um, so, I don't know. Do you think there will be a – not extreme, but a decent amount of sloppiness here in game number one, especially from the Flames and, I guess, overall from all the teams in this qualifying round? I would have to say yes because, I mean, it's not like – I mean, old habits die hard, I guess, is one way you could put it. Um, they basically did have an off season in the yeah. middle of a season. And, so and then some, that, yeah. Yeah. And so that rust is still going to be there. But I'm hoping, you know, with this training camp and an exhibition game or two, it'll, it'll be okay. Right. So <laughs> Milan Lucic kind of spoke about this today and he said, quote, the mindset of the group is in the right spot just because of the bitterness of last year's playoffs. So I think the hunger is definitely there, end quote. So I guess they're hungry. I don't know if they'll be if they'll be sloppy or if they'll be clean, but they're, they're definitely hungry. Um, in my opinion, I think the fact that they are playing Edmonton in their mm-hmm. first exhibition game and first and only exhibition game, I think that's a big plus, actually. And I think the Flames maybe have an advantage in this exhibition game that other exhibition games maybe don't have in, in terms of this rivalry. Um, and like, if you think of an individual example, you obviously think of Matthew Kachuk and Zach Cassian and that rivalry, like for Kachuk specifically him getting to go up against Cassian and kind of get, he's probably going to get into some physical battles, at least with him, if not any other Oilers. Um, so he's kind of going to get that playoff mode going right away already for him. So that's, I think that's going to be a big help for him. And then obviously for the rest of the Flames playing their biggest rival, um, I think that little bit of a jump and it's kind of like a quick jump start for them. I think it actually could be really helpful and a lot more helpful than maybe your average exhibition or, or preseason game could be. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you there. I think that it is to the Flames' advantage that they are playing a rival and it's not just like you know, I mean, a non-rival, there's going to be a lot of competition in that competitive edge. And hopefully everybody, you know, (laughs) the injury bug doesn't come out to play. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, like they were, they were saying about, or Brad Tree Living was actually on local Sportsnet radio here in Calgary this morning. And I guess he was getting questions about why guys on the flames aren't whacking each other and trying to get into playoff mode. And Brad's like, guys, like, are you crazy? Like we have to, uh, we have to keep everyone healthy and and keep everyone safe uh, on the ice. And and of course we have to keep them safe off the ice as well. But like, we need to make sure everyone can get to Edmonton in one piece. So um, I guess some fans might've been sending him that question. Another thing that, uh, in terms of the sloppiness in, in their first game against the Jets that I wonder about 
is when we do start a brand new regular season and we do have those couple weeks of sloppiness that everyone kind of has to work through, um, I think a lot of that might be the result of either A, having a new coach, or B, having the same coach who is trying to implement a new system um, Mm -hmm. and coming with something fresh. I wonder, since we are in, we're technically in the same, we're finishing up the 2019-2020 season, um, we're just starting the playoffs. I wonder if Jeff Ward and other head coaches have changed their systems in a lot of ways. And if they've come to training camp 2.0 with a bunch of new material for the guys to learn and, and ingest and um, execute out on the ice. So, you know, like I wonder if the Flames will be playing a completely different style um, compared to what they did in the regular season. And then if so, like did Jeff Ward tailor that specifically to the Winnipeg Jets? Because um, these guys had four months off and uh, they had a little bit of uh time where they didn't know who they were going to play, but then they also have Mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit of time on the other side where they did know who they were going to play. So I think if, if Jeff Ward and other head coaches are implementing, you know, specific team systems to kind of counter their opponents, like a lot that we see in football, um, Bill Belichick would be famous for something like this, but you know, I don't think it might work in hockey the same way that it does. And, And I think if these coaches are trying new things in the playoffs. It's that's a questionable thing, I think, in, in the first place. But yeah. I think trying to do that would also contribute to a certain level of sloppiness for sure. Definitely, and I think you know you have four months to approach the playoffs, and you know, like you said, like a new way or stick to your roots, stick to what you know and what worked for you during the regular season. But then it's also time to, you know, plug in different things and figure out how to get this equation solved against the Jets, essentially. Yeah, Yeah. and you can make all the plans that you want, but if you lose game one to the Jets, like, badly, 5-2 or anything like that, uh, your whole plan, I guess, would kind of have to go out the window. Or or even if you don't lose, and if you win, but maybe you suffer a key injury, you know, that could change your whole plans once again. So, um, I don't know, like, I think, and also in a best of five, how much... I guess I, I wonder if there's more strategy needed or less strategy needed, like when we're talking about actual um, on ice plays and I guess the whole X's and O's, which obviously you and I wouldn't be able to break down as well as, you know, a former NHL player would. But I wonder if those kind of strategies matter more or less in a five game series than a seven, kind of like we were talking about yesterday mm-hmm. in, in terms of which one would be harder. I mean, you look at a coach like uh, John Tortorella and just how his team just kind of attacks. And I think that maybe that's kind of how most coaches are going to play their game. Right. It's just, you know, you got, you got to go out there and give it your all and you're going to try to play a different style, but also what you know. By the so way, I, I love that. I love that you use Tortorella as an example. I just want to go off on a tangent quickly. Did you hear what he did today? No, the I Blue didn't. Jackets practice. Okay, so first we have to go back to yesterday or possibly the day before yesterday. Uh, but Tortorella was so, uh, I guess, disgusted would be the word with what he saw at the Blue Jackets practice that he declined to speak to the media uh, after practice, which, you know, that that's crazy that's already. Huge. Like in, in terms of, you know, people who are in media, if you're if the coach declines something he's obligated to do, uh, that could be a big story. And I think that could be punishable in some form or fashion. Um, yeah. But anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. And then today, he follows it up. The Blue Jackets follow up a poor practice with an even worse practice, I guess, or, or at least as poor of a practice. 
And Tortorella, literally, this is two minutes into the whole thing. So if they started practice at 7, it's 7.02. He calls everyone to center ice. And because there's no fans and it's so quiet during practice, the whole media can hear exactly what he's saying. And he just went on a fam- one of those famous expletive-ridden rants that we would have nice. seen in the HBO 24-7 series. So <laughs> he did that two minutes into practice today and then basically restarted practice. So I think the Blue, the Blue Jackets might be the team to watch uh, for game number one just to see how they come out. Oh, my goodness. Classic torts. I love it. I love it. I um, love it. And I really like that, like, he doesn't follow the dress code, I guess. Like, he shows up in a sweatshirt. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I get it. Some people are like, oh, my goodness. Like, coaches need to follow a dress code. They need to be in suit and t- Why? They right. don't need to be in a suit and tie. Right. If they're well, now, comfortable. Most teams, I believe, are, are telling their players not to worry about a dress code, at least while yeah. they're in the bubble, except for the Minnesota Wild, who they're all going to have matching golf shirts, I've heard. So um, it'll be interesting to see, not only from the coaches, but, well, the coaches, I'm imagining, are going to be suit and tie on the bench, at least, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like the NBA tunnel into the arena, like we're going to have some semblance of that in the NHL, uh, at least for yeah. these playoffs. So hopefully we see some interesting things. I'm looking forward to seeing players express themselves. Yes. You know, you do have the flashy players like Austin Matthews and David Posternock who come in all decked out. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what flame player flames player kind of pushes the boundary. Yes, for sure. Um, I think Jess, for you and I, it's probably, you know, going back to what we're going to get to from the flames in game number one, I think for you and I, it's, it's going to be hard to predict um, how the flames will show up in game one, Jess, but you know, it's not hard to predict. It's where to get the best deal on all your auto needs because the one place you need to go is rockauto.com. Jess, these days, everyone, you guys want to stay home as much as possible. Uh, Jess and I are in the exact same boat and you want to take as few trips to the store as possible. And that's what I love about rockauto.com. I can order all the parts I need for my vehicle regardless regardless of the make or model, and I can do it all from the comfort of my own home. Best of all, I know I'm getting the best deal because the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same regardless of if you're a seasoned mechanic or just a do-it-yourselfer. And you know, sometimes I feel companies kind of say these things just to get me into their store or to visit their website, Uh, but rockauto.com, these guys can back it up. Someone was looking for a Delphi fuel pump assembly unit for their 2005 Honda Odyssey, and at their local big box store, that would have cost them about $353. That's a lot. Now at rockauto.com, that same part was just $216. Think of all the money you could save. Jess, you and I are both recent vehicle purchasers and we both live in climates where, you know, snow kind of plays a role and that yeah. kind of impacts your car a lot. Um, so I think rockauto.com is, is in the, is it, it's in the cards for the both of us in the near future. Oh, absolutely. Once September, October hits, and it starts getting, you know, you wake up and there's frost on your windshield. Right. It's time. It's time to winterize it's the time. car. <laughs> time to winterize. And you can go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right. Locked on in the how did you hear about us section. That is locked on, two words, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Now, still to come on Locked On Flames, Jess and I will have some fun with the NHL expansion franchise finally coming out with the name and logo. Plus, who could the Kraken take from Calgary in the expansion draft? Locked On Flames continues as we are one day closer to NHL playoff hockey being played. Don't forget to subscribe to our show's Twitter feed at LO underscore Flames. We look forward to hearing from you. So, Seattle 
announced their name finally today. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you tuned into the live stream, no, but I did. Not a chance. No. And it, <laughs> um, I don't, it was at the construction site of the arena. And, you know, at 12 o'clock, I thought that we'd have an announcement at 12.02. <laughs> 10 minutes into it, we finally yeah. had a name Classic. and everything. Classic. And I was like, okay, cool. Glad to hear it. And I'm pretty sure that it was um, Nasher, who, is, who does a lot of the NHL video game stuff on Twitch. Okay. <laughs> he was the first one that I saw tweeting it before they announced it on the stream. So I was like, okay, you know, I can like click out of this, but you know, it was nice to see them think, you know, everybody who is putting in their hard work during this time and I'm excited. So it's the Kraken. The Kraken. Kraken, Kraken. Did you see the logo? The nice, I guess it's a blue and a light blue with a bit of red. So here's my thing on the Seattle Kraken. I'm not a fan of the name. First, well, mm-hmm. I don't hate it, but you know, it's it's not my favorite option that they were going with. Um, the one I was pulling for, I guess, they had a list of you know about ten names or so that that they, that everyone was seriously considering for Seattle. I wanted them mm-hmm. to be the Rainiers uh, after the Ooh. Mount Rainiers, so that was that was what I was pulling for. So Kraken wasn't my first choice. It's not the worst choice, but um, I think they really made up a lot of ground, at least for me, with their jerseys and their colors. I think those might already be the best looking jerseys, you know, in the NHL. They look, they look fantastic. Definitely. The jerseys are so clean. I love the space needle anchor. Yep. I think that that was a very nice touch. Um, the colors, I think it's great. I'm excited to see like the play on words with Kraken. Like if, um, you know, like before every home game, like, oh, let's release the Kraken. And then they come skating out and things like that. Right. So also what, what, what's their, I saw this on Twitter a lot. What is their mascot going to be? Like what, what do you have as a mascot for Kraken? <laughs> I saw somebody say that it's going to be Squidward from yes. SpongeBob. Yes. yes. Gritty, <laughs> the Flyers mascot tweeted out, to the Seattle franchise that essentially it'll be a, it was like a Halloween costume of an orange octopus. So I think that's what, that's what's gritty is pulling for. I, mascots just like kind of freak me out a little bit because like, I don't know how you like get up for work every day and say, okay, I'm going to go be gritty for a few hours. They're fit. So when I was working at TSN in Toronto, uh, I spent a whole season as our on-site engineer for the Raptors mm-hmm. games. So um, I was courtside for a lot of the Raptors games and I got to see behind the curtain on who the Raptors mascot is. It's oh. been the same guy for as long as the Raptors have been in existence, which is, you know, a couple of decades now. So it's, it's a long time. So this gentleman, he is, he's not old per se, but he's also, you know, he's not a young, fresh 20 or 30 yeah. year old, right. Who has all the, you know, um, pain-free body in the world. So, but this guy, he is in such good shape and he does so many cool things, you know, during the game. So mascot is a underrated, physically demanding occupation, I think. Definitely. And I give them credit because I actually know the guy who is Pat Patriot for the New England Patriots. Oh, very good. And I just, it must be fun going to games for free. I think that's like the one perk. Right. So one of my also speaking of NHL, the Seattle Kraken, 
one of my favorite things is this time yesterday, their their team Twitter account was kind of, you know, dropping some hints about what their team yeah. name is going to be when they were teeing up the release. So they changed their Twitter header and their Twitter bio picture to just basically water, just I guess the picture of yes. uh, the Puget Sound there in Seattle. And Roberto Luongo, uh, at Strombone1 on Twitter, tweets out uh, nine hours uh, earlier. I guess this was after they finally released the name Kraken. Strombone tweets out a picture of that Twitter header and that Twitter picture. And he says, so you're not going to be the Seattle water then? Like He just nails it on Twitter every single time. He just absolutely nails it. He's so it. funny. Um, but here's another question, I, Jess. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. You go first. Oh, no. Well, I just also thought that... Um, Kraken would also be a good idea because they could partner with Kraken Rum. Oh my God. And I guess that's in the works. If Kraken Rum hasn't thrown like millions of dollars at this team already, (laughs) or however it works, I'm not sure who pays who in this situation, but if someone hasn't thrown millions of dollars at the other person already, um, they they're already late. They should have done this nine years ago. So um, here's another thing though. We'll bring it back to the flames. The latest expansion team, I guess before Seattle, would have been the Vegas Golden Knights. And they obviously had a great first season, inaugural season, when they made it to the cup final. I don't know if Seattle will do the same thing, but uh, it seems very unlikely. Um, the Flames in Vegas, they are 0-6. They have not won a single game in Vegas. And I've actually been lucky enough to go to a game in Vegas and watch the Flames there. It was kind of a coincidence, but regardless, I was at the game and the Flames got destroyed like it was it was probably the worst live flames game i've ever seen in my life do we expect the flames to have any better luck in seattle at all or will it be some sort of expansion curse i want to say that they will have better luck because you know i think everybody kind of has that has that recency bias towards vegas where they're like oh my goodness like every expansion team now is going to be like vegas where they're so good and it's like that that's not how it works right Vegas just got lucky. Right. Um, So I would say that (laughs) I don't think the Flames are necessarily going to go, you know, 6-0 and against them in their first few years. (laughs) But um, I think that the Flames will have better luck. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things I always love, the one thing I appreciated about the Vegas process, about their team kind of coming to life, was the expansion draft. That ended up becoming a lot more fun than I, you know, I knew it'd be crazy and it'd be, a lot of things happening, a lot of layers to it, but I didn't, you know, I enjoyed it a lot more than I ever thought I would. So we're going to get to go through it all over again with Seattle and the hockey news actually did an article a while back, kind of during the, the the height of the COVID pandemic when there wasn't live sports to write about. They looked at maybe what the Flames roster could look like after the Seattle expansion draft and kind of who the players are on the Calgary roster that they might protect or who that they might expose. So Uh, Using this one example from the hockey news, and again, this might be completely different than what actually ends up happening, but just using this one example, the exposures that the Flames will have open to Seattle for for, for picking is Sam Bennett, Mark Jankowski, Mark Giordano, Oliver Shillington, and David Riddick. So Jess, is there one name there that you would absolutely hate to lose if you're the Calgary Flames? Uh, I have to go with Gio just because he's the captain. Yeah, I mean, I that's hard that, to argue, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I get that he's older and, you know, like declines happen and things like that. Sure. But, like, I just, I don't know. I just, I can't. Tough for him, too. Like, personally, I don't know how it would feel to be. And, you know, Derek Anglin is, I guess, would be in a parallel position, sort of, that Gio would be in, where Anglin mm-hmm. was a veteran demon and he was with the Flames and then went to Vegas and, 
he ended up actually doing very, very well there. Um, I think it went a lot better than maybe we would have otherwise sought. But I don't know what it would be like to be a veteran guy and kind of at the tail end of your career uh, to join an expansion team. I don't know if that would necessarily be an enjoyable process most times. Definitely. And I feel like it would almost leave a bitter taste in my mouth if I was one of them. Because, like, you know, you spend your whole career – if not like a majority of it with the team. And then it's just like, oh, okay. Like we have to give somebody up. So I guess it'll be you right? sort of thing. Right. So like I said, that was just, you know, one example of a possibly yeah. an exposed list, but um, either way, the, the Seattle Kraken, they're already on it. They've updated their Twitter bio to currently oh it is now that we've changed our name, we're strategizing all the ways to draft your favorite players. So um, <laughs> I guess Geo might be on the way out or it could be someone even worse than that, or for the for, for Flames fans at least. So yeah, I oh my goodness, I'm looking forward to it. I just I really want one of those jerseys. Yeah, they look so good. Like yeah, I, I, and you know, there's the classic jerseys that everyone loves, like the Maple Leafs and the Blackhawks and the yep. Bruins and everything. But I think the Seattle jerseys, like I, we haven't seen them in person yet, so who knows what the pants and the socks might look like? It could, you know, kind of all come to a screeching halt if they don't <laughs> nail those. But at least for now, they've nailed the renderings, the digital renderings of their jerseys. They look very, very yeah. good. I'm I'm looking forward to that, and the expansion draft will be in probably less than a year now because we're on our way to August, right? Yeah, yeah. I was, oh it's surprising goodness. how, like, when, whenever I talked about Seattle previously, it always felt like it was so far down the road. It was kind of pointless yeah. to even talk about, but it's here. Like, it's, it's, it's going to happen soon. <laughs> so, we, you know, we're, we better start doing those projections about who the Flames might protect or not protect. So, it's Definitely. crazy. Um, still ahead in the show, Jess. We're obviously going to have our eyes glued to the Jets and Flames series as it's progressing. We'll watch every game and every second. Uh, but on the nights that the Flames and the Jets aren't playing, what are some of the other NHL qualifying matchups worth watching? Uh, you're listening to Locked on Flames. Locked on Flames with Jess Belmosto and Sean Lavery continues. So for your average Flame fans, um, you know, which other – NHL qualifying round series is most intriguing. It, like you said, if the Flames are off one night, what other series are you going to tune into? Oh, I think in, like even you know coming at it from a non-Flames perspective, I think Flames and Jets is the best qualifying round series, and I think it might be by far the best qualifying round series. Like the element of it being so 50-50 and there's star power on both sides um, and there's unique – matchups and characters on both sides i think it might be by far the best qualifying round series but you're right there's going to be nights off where we're not going to be able to watch these games and there might only be three of them there might be five of them so um there's definitely going to be other hockey worth watching for me i'm going to pick one from the east one from the west i'm going to go with in the east first we'll go with toronto and columbus i think that series also has a lot of the elements that the winnipeg calgary series does in terms of it being Mm -hmm. so 50 50 and it being so close um, and as we mentioned about Tortorella earlier, thanks for bringing him up, by the way. Columbus is going to be something to watch after their first couple practices. They like, How do you screw up your second training camp of the year? You've already had one training camp. Now it sounds like you're screwing up your second training camp. Like, Guys, you're come on, figure it out. So um, in the East, I'm at least going to be watching Toronto and Columbus, probably a little closer than the rest of the Eastern series. Definitely. I think because I am so close to Montreal – and there's a lot of um, Habs fans here. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go 
with the Penguins and the Canadians. I think, yeah, that one's going to be good too as well. I think that that might even have some upset potential, I guess, if Montreal is the underdog. I think, yeah, there's definitely upset potential there, in my opinion, which would be, that would make it a fantastic series for sure. Definitely. What about in the West for you? Who are you going with? So the West is a little harder. For me, I have no interest in Nashville or Arizona. There's something about Arizona just being listed as a team that makes me not want to watch the game. Like if it's Arizona, (laughs) Calgary, I'm just like, yeah, maybe I'll skip this one. Or Arizona, whoever. Yeah, maybe I'll skip this one. Uh, Hopefully one day that changes. So yeah, Arizona, (laughs) Nashville, that's out. Vancouver, Minnesota, I feel like that's going to be Vancouver in three. And I feel like everyone's going to say that and probably everyone's going to be right. Um, Plus Minnesota's being that one team that's, you know, all showing up in uniform to their games. So uh, how exciting can that really be? So I guess what I'm left with is Edmonton and Chicago. Um, is there upset potential there? Like, do you think Chicago could beat Edmonton? Um, I definitely think that there is upset potential there. Um, oh my goodness. I don't like, I, I want to see really like old school gritty hockey from these two teams. Yeah. But like Well Zach Cassian's playing, so he might he might just get your yeah. tr- come true. I just I'm trying to think like as a Flames podcast, I don't want the Oilers to win. But as a Bruins fan, I don't want to see Chicago win. So, you know, I definitely think that they're that'll be a good series. And yeah. the other two they just they don't do it for there's me. There's nothing there. Like there's, there's no. Oh my goodness, I'm Nashville, Arizona. Like that's, I think that's also right. one of the, like Nashville might just stomp that series as well. Might be another three nothing thing. And also, so back to the Oilers and Blackhawks. I think if Edmonton wins, that's kind of what we should be cheering for. It, it sounds Definitely. strange. We should be cheering for the Oilers, um, just because if the Oilers and the Flames both win, you know, there's a chance that they they're on a collision course and that we can finally get that Oilers Flames series. We all had a we all had our fingertips on. It was so close to coming mm-hmm. uh, to fruition. And then we kind of lost it due to, you know, a whole global pandemic. Um, speaking of Edmonton, I wonder what it's also going to be like for them. They're going to be visitors in their own city. Like these guys, they're going to have to join the bubble, even though I'm sure a lot of the guys have their own houses around the city. They're going to have to go into the hotel and they're going to have to go. I wonder what that would be like, you know, kind of imagine if you had to live yeah. in Boston in a hotel for, you know, months on end, being a visitor in your own city. Would that be weird that- or I feel like that would be so weird, but I'd also feel like I could maybe relax more because I know, you know, probably some of those guys, they have kids, they have a house full of chaos and multiple kids and a family. So, I mean, maybe it'll be nice to get away from that, but at the same time, the comfort of my own bed beats any hotel i've ever stayed at a hundred percent and it would be the weird part about it you know it's not that you're you're cooped up in a hotel it's that you're cooped up in a hotel but you're not really allowed to go anywhere else except for you know the bubble and we actually got some more uh details on the bubble nothing too crazy but uh, nothing out of the ordinary but you know well i guess everything's out of the ordinary right now but nothing too unexpected i guess i should say so uh, it's going to be four luxury hotels for and amenities for the teams and staff and league officials. There's going to be 14 on-site diverse restaurants, bars and pubs and food trucks and coffee shops and all those kind of things. So it sounds like the guys actually have a lot more 
dining options than I would have anticipated. Uh, there's also eight movie theaters, um, more dining areas and activity spaces. Uh, I actually saw one picture today. It looked like a little, you know, in Toronto, there's Maple Leaf Square. It's like a little cul-de-sac, I yeah. guess, right, right outside the arena. So in Edmonton, there's a similar thing. And all they had was, you know, plastic lawn chairs for them around a <laughs> table. And then they had, you know, I guess, um, six or eight sets of tables of this. And then just tucked away in the corner was a basketball hoop. And someone took the photo and they said, is this part of the NHL bubble? Because there's fences all around it and it's right yeah. next to the arena. So, I mean, that might, you know, that's probably not the dining area that people think of when they think of the NHL dining area. But definitely hey, you know, not. Edmonton's trying. So, yeah, the details are I, coming think, out. I think that's really like all you can give them is just kind of like brownie points for trying yeah right uh coming up later in the week jess and i will have a look at the flames first game against an opponent actually other than themselves as they take on the edmonton oilers in their first and only exhibition game until the qualifying round uh you can follow both of us on twitter at jess belmazzo and myself at sean underscore lavery uh be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode of locked on flames as soon as it's available each day now check out locked on jets for an opponent's perspective to this upcoming flames jet series uh harrison does a great job over there and then next week early next week we'll have uh, a bunch of uh, crossover episodes with harrison where we uh, continue to tee up this series a little bit more in depth and chat about a little something else other than just the flames as we'll get into the jets side of things as well uh jess thanks for today have a great rest of your day and yes. uh, we'll see the rest of you all tomorrow